Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. I am so excited and I know that all of you are just equally as excited for us to be joined today by the one and only Caitlin James. Caitlin is a wedding photographer and educator who is based out of Richmond, Virginia. And she is over there with her sweet husband, Michael, and their little people, Evie and Graham, This just the cutest little fam ever. She has been in this industry since 2008 and has been educating since 2010. So that is like a full decade, y'all. That's so much knowledge. And I'm so excited to have her here to chat with us all about um, something I think is really, really important. And that is being an innovator, especially in an industry where we see a lot of imitation. And I just like, I'm so passionate about that. And I know that Caitlin is extremely passionate about about being innovative, empowering photographers to build profitable and purposeful businesses. And beyond that, I know that Caitlin just has a lot of passion for improving and just like elevating the creative industry as a whole. So I'm excited to chat with her. I'm going to kick it over to you, Caitlin. If you want to like give us like a quick summary of like your journey in this, in this creative industry and like how you, how you decided to kind of like wear all these hats. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored. And I really, I mean, I started my photography business because I just didn't want to be an art teacher. And I'd always thought my entire life, like if you like something creative, the only career you can have is to be an art teacher. And um, once I was in college, I started pursuing this business and I realized, oh my gosh, this is a real thing. And, and then so many people wanted to learn how to do it themselves. And this was back when blogging had just become a thing. Facebook had just become a thing, which makes me sound so old, but I swear to you, I'm, I'm only 32, okay? I, um, I just love teaching people that this can be a possibility and reality for their own life. But what I found and what you kind of spoke to already is that um, the the rush of so many people wanting to do photography kind of led to um, a lot of duplication and replication of the same thing over and over again. And then I kind of pivoted and started teaching people how to stand out in their business. And, um, I really had to do some soul searching and some deep diving into what has made me stand out. Why, why am I continuing to raise prices, even though there are more and more photographers? And then I start educating photographers and I'm still not, they're not a threat at all. I'm still booking. I'm still raising prices. How did that happen? And I realized it's because I never picked one person or one group of people and copied them. I, I was always on this like one track, like the Caitlin track. And I don't know how or when I learned that. But once I started recognizing that that was one of the secrets to my success, um, I really leaned into it. And that is how we have gotten to a place where we are wedding photographers, we're educators. And um, yeah, we, we love, we love what we get to do in this industry. I love that. I think that it's so difficult for so many people to kind of just like keep their head down and come up with their, you know, like Susie Q tracks. Like, you know what I mean? Like yes. whoever it is sitting yes. there listening is like, well, how do I find my own? And I know over the past decade, you have released so many unique offerings, like not just in your photography, not just in your style and your um, photography company, but in your educational offerings, mm-hmm. you know, with things like KJ All Access that like I hadn't really seen anything like that at the time. And like, like how, how do you keep things so fresh without being bogged down by like what everyone else is doing? 
That, you know what, thank you for asking that because I don't know if I've ever been asked that on a podcast before, which is, it's so fun for me to talk about because I just, I love to look at other industries and think about what they're doing that the photography industry doesn't have yet. So you think about memberships are everywhere, right? And, and they're, um, you know, whether it's a gym membership or it's like, I have a mascara membership with Amazon. Like I get it. It's reoccurring. It's great. And then I started thinking about my own specific gifts. So um, we always joke about this with um, Amy and Jordan, which are probably the educators that are most similar to me and some of our dear friends. But we always joke about how, you know, AJ All Access, they are shooting like multi-million dollar weddings and it's amazing, but they shoot in a lot of similar places. And so KG All Access fits me because I am shooting the most random style weddings across everywhere. And so I have, I have, you know, high budget weddings, and then I have a lot of backyard weddings. And for a photographer, it's so much easier to learn when there's some variety. And so it's interesting. We joke with Amy and Jordan because they're like, we can't do AJ All Access access because we just be shooting at the four seasons every weekend. And, and it's so true. And that was encouraging to me because it, it made me realize I looked into my gifts and the way that my business has naturally kind of been structured and what I can offer the industry as an, as an educator has to kind of come from a beautiful combination of what makes me unique. And I think it would be very natural for me as someone who charges $10,000 a wedding to get frustrated and a little bit annoyed sometimes at the fact that I don't like at my price point, I should be shooting like beautiful, like two, $300,000 weddings. Like that is what normal people in my price range are shooting, but why not me? Like, why doesn't that happen? And I'm realizing, I think I was meant to empower photographers at any level. And I do that through KHL access. So I think, I don't, if I could break that down into steps, the first thing would be don't you know, don't bash the season you're in and bash what makes you unique because what has made me unique is actually what has also made me and my family the most income. It has been the most impactful resource I've ever created in my entire educational journey. And I am so happy as, as a photographer, I love shooting backyard weddings and I don't have the pressure of multi-million dollar weddings. So I'm so glad that I didn't push against what made me different. Instead, I used it to my advantage. And secondly, secondly, I had to take a huge risk. You know, it was when we launched KGL Access, oh my gosh, we probably had 38 people sign up. And I'm like, oh, I was hoping like, I was hoping like 380, but 38, I guess that's okay. But then something happened. We pressed into it. We kept marketing it. And now we've had over 3000 members for over two and a half years, almost three years. That is amazing. And I just so appreciate yes. like your transparency and like we started it and had 38 members. It is, I just think mm -hmm. it's so easy for entrepreneurs and small business owners to see end results and to not understand oh, yes. like things don't just come out the gate with 3000. I mean, sometimes they do, but like most of the time they don't like, no, right. 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 And that's coming from someone with a very established loyal audience. So if you're just getting into education, or you're just getting into any type of business, you know, imagine if I had to work to grow up to that level and try all, I mean, we've tried everything. We have a free trial going, we spend tens of thousands of dollars monthly in ads and someone has to run that to manage it. I mean, it is a it's its own little world, honestly, just to keep it running. And I think a lot of people think, 
oh, so easy. That must be so nice. That's like just passive income. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's not. It is, it is a huge, huge responsibility, but it did not happen overnight. And um, it, we have had many, many team meetings with a lot of tears about like, we can't keep it going. We can't um, because churn rates for memberships are so, so heavy and so intense. So we've learned so much from launching it, but, I, and I'm so grateful, you know, that we, that we didn't shy away from it just because it, no one had done it before, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I, I really just want to harp on the whole concept of like, when you see things like memberships or courses or whatever it is, any kind of product that you're putting out, you're like, Oh, well, that looks like an easy way to make some money. Oh my gosh. Think like, as you go through the logistics, even just touching, you literally just touch the top of the logistical, like nightmare that probably is your life. Yes. I can only imagine that's like, that kind of work is, is insane. But like, also it is, I just feel like it's, it's really motivating and inspirational to hear this is a fresh idea. It's something no one else was doing. And like, you didn't shy away from the work and you didn't shy away from mm-hmm. what you could have perceived as like a quick fail and you built it up. That's amazing. Right. Thank you. And, and it's also scary because if you think about it, you did, I committed for a year when I launched it and I'm like, I'm going to do all this work for 38 people, that income is like, I mean, that's not even going to pay one bill. Like what am I? Cause it's a low price point, you know? So it was a risk to like commit to something that intense and not have the signups we thought. Um, but it was a new concept and it needed to be, the marketing had to be tweaked and I had to work better at like, how do I explain what this is to people? No one has ever seen this before. So it was real. I mean, people thought at first that KG All Access was live streaming of me at a wedding. And I'm like, Guys, that is a logistical nightmare. Can you imagine me at a backyard barn wedding with no internet trying to live stream a wedding day? There's just no way. So I had to get better as a marketer, just learning how to use my words to translate what this was going to do for photographers' businesses. Oh my gosh. Also, like, can you imagine like an eight to 10 hour wedding being like, like who would watch that for that long? No, no. I mean, I have to watch through all the footage already. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to cut. This is so boring. I got to cut this out. I only save the good stuff, which normally is a good like three to four and a half hours of content a month. So photographers, they let it stream to the side while they're editing. And they basically learn how to photograph weddings and engagement sessions while they're editing their own work. And so it's like education plus getting their post-processing done. It's awesome. So, um, Anyway, we just love it. We love it. And I hope it continues for years to come. We will see, but um, we really do enjoy it. Gosh, I mean, I would have, I would have loved that when I was, when I was shoot. I don't shoot weddings anymore, but when I was shooting weddings and when I was learning mm-hmm. how to shoot weddings, gosh, like what a gift yes. to put that out and like have the accessibility that people just crave. That's amazing. Hey friend, if you dream of making an impact in your industry and adding a new revenue stream by going from creative entrepreneur to creative educator, I have got a free training just for you. Head to our show notes or to the creativeeducatoracademy.com to register for this totally free masterclass. I hope to see you there. Okay, now back to the show. Um, okay, so like what advice do you have for people who respond to whatever it is that you're putting out there? Like KJ All Access, or I, I most recently, I think I saw a lot of this when you announced your YouTube channel. Um, a lot of people respond to almost everything you do and they're like, do I need to do this too? Is yeah. that, do you yeah. get that a lot? I feel like you get that a lot. Oh, 
We do. And honestly, it is very um, humbling because people are just trusting whatever decision I make in my business. They trust it so much for themselves. And they think themselves like, oh my gosh, another good example was, oh, I need an email list. I need to be creating all these landing pages and free content and build my list. And, um, and I have had to be very strategic in telling people like, you know, you gotta, you gotta take a step back and realize I have two businesses here, very different businesses and with very different audiences. And so there's some crossover, but honestly, um, you know, I told people YouTube is a great, it is a great place to share content. It is, but I have a system for it and I have a team member for it. And there's no way that I could do it on my own. Like I pay someone monthly to manage that for me. And it's taken me until year 12 in my business to be able to afford that. And so I try to be as transparent as possible because I don't think it's fair for a photographer to see me do all this and not understand like, oh, Tyler Harrington, he's editing all, he's creating all of this um, because it just makes other people feel inferior. Like I can't get all this done when really we're spending a good chunk of money to have someone do it for us. So it's, it's not realistic for people to copy everything and it comes back to strategy. So I tell them, you know, if you have a strategy and YouTube will play into that strategy and will help you get your content out and will meet a certain goal, that is awesome. You should totally do it. Go for it it's not one of those things you just jump on and say, I'm just going to do it because she did it because that will be hurtful to their business. So definitely struggle with that question all the time. Gosh. Yeah. I can only imagine. And even like, as you were talking, I was thinking about how many people even say, okay, well, I want to replicate having two separate businesses. I want to be an educator too. And as somebody who teaches like creative educators, how to educate, I mean, I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot here, but I really truly believe that that's like not the case for everyone. And I think that it is right. hurtful to their own businesses just to imitate what they see, mm-hmm. you know, resulting in what they perceive as easy success or whatever it is. Yes. Yes. I, I think my greatest advice in that realm is people need to pay attention to what people are asking them. You know, so some photographers, you know, they're making their own custom like gifts for Instagram. Like, you know, they just know how to doodle on procreate. And I, and I started doing that just for fun. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, but I told some of them, I'm like, if people are asking you how to do it, create a template, create a mini course, create something that you can sell for a low price point and just see what happens. And if you enjoy it, it's going to be so easy to pursue that. But don't look at someone and say, they're doing this. I want to do it. I'm going to copy it. If you haven't seen any need or any interest in you teaching that topic, and you can save yourself so much time and stress and energy if you pay attention to what people are asking for. And the hard part about that is that you have to do something first in order to get a response. You can't sit on your butt and say, well, no one's asking me for anything. Well, it's because you're not showing anything, you know? So. I love that. I think that's just gold. I, I totally agree. Okay. So like, I know that obviously you are kind of working with the masses. Like you have a huge audience, a huge community, really. I would, I would say it's more community than, than I see most photographers or most educators in the creative realm kind of have, which is, which is lovely. Um, but I noticed that you really do still maintain like a very high touch personal feel, even while working, you know, in mass, like even with things like KJ all access and with your multiple Facebook groups and your multiple courses, like how do you, what do you think makes that possible for you? Like, how do you manage that so gracefully? I think that's something that a lot of people 
kind of missed the mark on? Well, I will say that it's hard and we have struggled with the Facebook groups because we have so many, we have several thousand people in each course group. And then we have like our KJ education group. And so the, the natural transition is from, I have become more and more engaged in the KJ education group that everyone can be a part of. Um, and then I just kind of look for specific tags in other group when people have like questions for me specifically, we kind of have this rule in our team that, you know, yes, sometimes people comment as me, like when they just say, Hey, like just email us for support. Like we'll, we'll get back to you, but I don't have someone who is posing as me. I just think all it takes is once for that to be really, really like inauthentic. And so I have had seasons where I haven't been as present and it could have been a season with a child or a pregnancy, or I just, I guess in general, I know that people connect with people and I can't just sell courses and then be MIA because that is just going to devalue a brand more than anything. And I genuinely, like during COVID-19, I've been doing Facebook lives and KJ education almost weekly. I've missed two weeks, I think, but, but every single week. And I always get, you know, I'm like, oh, I got to do that. And once I get in the group though, I mean, those are hour long conversations with people and I love them. I genuinely love it. And that goes back to what you said before of like, you can't just say that you want to do that. You really have to have a heart for it. And I think that people see my heart for it and I don't have to fake anything. And that just makes everything easy. It makes it easy for them to connect with me. And it makes me feel like I'm genuinely being myself with them. And I think if that was any different, then I would struggle more in that area. And, and I wouldn't have such a personal brand, I guess. So I don't know if that answered your question or not. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that was really beautifully put. It's, it, I think it really does just like boil down to you make people feel like you care personally about them and, and you're really transparent in who you are and people just, people do want to care about other people. We're human beings at the end of the day. So yes. I think that's awesome. Yes. Okay. So yes, thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, if you, okay. I love this question that I just had to jot down because <laughs> I feel like this is something that I struggle with, with the topic we're talking about anyway, in terms of like, how do you even teach something like innovation? Like, how do you teach something like becoming innovative and not just imitating everything you see? It is such a difficult thing to actually like instill in people. So if you had to give yes. someone like a homework assignment here and now, or like a few things for them to focus on to um, kind of just like help them start like trailblazing themselves, like finding their unique gifts, finding how to share them uniquely, mm -hmm. what would you tell them? Oh, that is such a big question. I know. Um, but it's a good, it's a good question though. And it kind of brings me back to, um, you know, you, you remember from like workshop experiences of just, I love hearing people who say to me, um, Caitlin, I don't have anything to share with my personal brand. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, let's just start talking. So we, we start talking and they start saying things and I'm like, wait, 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 stop right there. Did you say that your dog can eat a whole package of Oreos and not get sick? did you say that? And they're like, yes. I'm like, that needs to be on Insta story because I don't know who out there has a dog that's similar, but someone does. And that is weird and it's quirky and your dog might be strange, but anyone who has a dog is going to connect to you and your dog. And you just got to let people into the abnormal, weird, quirky, fun parts of your life in order for you to seem human. And so the reason I give that example is because I think the analogy and kind of like the comparison of that example of letting, letting yourself talk, talk and letting someone else listen, sometimes 
sometimes that brings about realizations of your life that you didn't really notice otherwise. Um, someone once said to me, they said, someone said to me, Caitlin, I feel like it would be hilarious to follow you around on a wedding day. And I thought to myself, I'm like, oh gosh, no, that would be such bad camera angles. But then I really thought, you know what? We do have fun on wedding days. And I do say ridiculous things on wedding days. And I do think we're fun. And you know what? Maybe there's something to that. And I started brainstorming KJL Access at 1 a.m., like middle of the night. That's where the idea came to be. Think about, I would also, so I'd tell them, talk through who you are, what you love, what you're passionate about, and do not limit it to your business. You just use everything about who you are, you know, everything about what you're drawn to and what you're passionate about, and then start to add um, people into the conversation to talk through like, what is unique about what I do? And other people can offer like third party opinions can offer so much insight that we're so blinded to. I, I hate it, but as creatives, we can get stuck in a rut just like everyone else. And being stuck in that rut, the most detrimental part of that is that when you're stuck in the rut, you, you lose complete perspective of the horizon and you can't even see what's coming. If something awesome was coming, you're just so stuck. You need some help to get out of there and see other possibilities. Um, something else that I would say to help people kind of start their innovative journey would be to not write off something that seems ridiculous. You know, don't write that off. I'll give you an example. <laughs> we said, all right, we're going to do a year long business journey with our business students. And at the end of the year, I, I came up with this concept that our last module that I was going to film, we were going to film live, right? And, um, and it was going to be free for these people. And surely like 50 to 75 people will come. Well, 485 people RSVP'd and I had to put on an event for like double the size of an average wedding. I mean, it was, it was crazy, but you know what? It was awesome. And it was a, a pinnacle, like in my career, it was everyone on our team was like, Caitlin, what have you done? What have you done? No one does this, but we did it. And people flew in. We had people from Germany. We had people from around the world, around the country coming into this one day event where I taught about passion and purpose and business. And it was awesome. And I think to myself in the process of creating that, I wasn't trying to think about being innovative. Like that wasn't the goal. So maybe that's my tip. Don't try to be innovative. Just try not to mold and, and make your ideas around something that's already been done. Because when you start to do that, then you start to get into the comparison. You start to think, well, they did it this way. How can I do it a different way? And it's still the same idea. Just maybe your, your goal in innovation, sh maybe shouldn't be innovation. Maybe it should be what are my gifts and what am I passionate about? If I can put blinders onto all the rest of everything else, you know, I, we're, we're currently thinking through what's next when it comes to course stuff and, and topics. And I have found that when I'm in my office with our team, my, my sister and my husband, it sounds so legit. It's just my family. <laughs> they, they even can sense if I start to think through doing something, a different, a KJ version of someone else's what, what they've already done, I get so, um, a different version of me arise, like arises. I get really anxious and really overwhelmed and really like on edge with everyone. And I realize I, I cannot thrive and create great things when I'm mimicking anything else that I've already seen. So 
it's a, it's kind of a red flag for me. Like I'm not going to do this because I feel anxious about making it different than so-and-so's and that's why I'm backing away. So you got to watch me, girl. I can talk forever. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I love, I will never cut you off because like I was literally over here like, yes, like nodding so aggressively that I'm going to have to like ice my neck at the end of the so funny. Um, no, but totally, totally agree with all of that. And like, as, as you were talking, I was just thinking like follow-up question, how do you keep from being so inundated with like comparison and what everybody else is doing? I love the concept of like, maybe innovation is not trying to be innovative, but it's more so like not letting yourself you know, be swayed by, um, by what everyone else is doing, trying to mold into what everybody else has and is Mm -hmm. doing. Like I see it so often with, you know, I I mean, quite frankly, I see it a lot with people with you. Mm -hmm. Like I see people who I'm like, this is clearly just, just, and you know, you're just trying to get, get you on that Caitlin path. Like it's not really, that's not Susie Q's path you're on. Like maybe get off that path. Right. So like, how do you, how do you, I mean, what would you tell somebody in terms of that? It's hard. You can't like turn off social media. So like, what do you do? Is that just kind of like a personal work thing? Yeah, that is a great question. And I am, um, something that's not a very popular opinion for me is, um, I don't think, which totally fine if people think differently. I don't think unfollowing people is going to fix your comparison struggle. I just don't because you're going to see them again. You're good. You're going to see them on a different platform. And then you spend your life running from something you need to deal with instead of just dealing with it. And so I know what I struggle with in the industry and I know where my, um, kind of like my footholds are. Is that the right word? I don't know. I know where I slip up the most. Like I know what gets me. And, um, it's powerful to be able to know what gets at me and be able to overcome it and still see it constantly. I can, I can see things that throw me off now and catch myself from being thrown off. Whereas before I'd be in a bad mood and I'm like, why am I in such a bad mood? Oh, because I saw that email and I felt threatened by that. Or why am I being so hard on myself and acting like I don't have my crap together and I'm not doing enough, I'm not being enough? Oh, it's because I scrolled on Instagram and someone just announced something um, that I think is better than what I just announced. And I can catch myself now where years ago I couldn't. And I would just live in this nastiness and never be able to define what put me there in the first place. And so I don't think that you should unfollow in order to stay on the straight and narrow with your own ideas. I, I, I just think that's a bandaid to a bigger issue. I really do. And if you think, again, I'm speaking from my own personal preference, but what I have noticed in my own life is that when you think that you can fix a problem like that by simply just putting blinders on, what you're really doing is not getting to the root of the issue, which is I don't believe that I'm enough. I don't believe that I can do this. I don't have any good ideas. So really the lies you're telling yourself are being, um, you're proving that you're right about the lies about yourself by seeing other people as evidence. So, so so-and-so sent an email launching something. I'm already insecure that I've run out of good ideas. I see their email and their new product and their new idea. I'm proving to myself, see Caitlin, you're losing it. You're losing your spark. You've lost your ability to create new stuff. So Anyway, that's one tangent. But besides that, 
again, I think accountability is huge. I know not everyone has this person in their life, but like I have Michael and my sister and they know me well enough to know that if I'm coming to them with an idea and um, this concept that I want to talk through, they can tell when I'm just trying to do something better than someone's already done it or whether it's a, oh, Caitlin's got one of her ideas again. You know, I think through, I think through the concept of, again, what are people asking from me specifically? Uh, We just had a meeting earlier today talking about what's next. And I'm like, I have this one idea, but honestly, no one's asked me for it. It's all, it's my own, it's my idea. No one has said, Hey, I want this from you. And so we scratched it. We pushed something else up on the list. And then once, and here's the thing you can say, I want to create a course or I want to offer mentoring. That's fine. That doesn't mean that you're not innovative, but how could you do it differently? Right? How can you take this concept that is very known and it's around a lot, but how can you take what you're gifted in and do it differently? Like I would love, I probably should, shouldn't say this publicly um, because it's not happening anytime soon. Um, but maybe when our kids are a bit older, I have always said, gosh, wouldn't it be awesome to do like a mastermind? But because of the space that we live in, we would let people stay with us like a retreat style, like very small, very intimate retreat style in our home, right? That's not normal, but I would love it. I I think I would really love it. And what is that doing? That's taking the idea of a mastermind, which there's a bazillion of those, but it's making it somewhat different because of my own personal story and what I can accommodate in my own life. Um, maybe that's a bad example, but there's so many different others. Like, oh, there's so many. Remember, I don't know if you remember this. I had this idea. This is a fail, by the way. I had the idea to do coaching, but to do huddles around the country. So coaching huddles around the country. And I launched it and no one signed up except for one person in LA and two people in Seattle. I had to fly all the way to Seattle for two people, for two payments, all the way to LA for guess who? Jamie Davis. She's the only person who signed up. I love her. So again, I know that is me taking a coaching concept, making it different. It didn't even work, but at least I was being innovative, right? That's amazing. And like, again, I just so appreciate that transparency. Like not every idea is going to land, but it was also uniquely you. And like, even when you're talking about like, oh, maybe one day I, I feel like that's something that wouldn't surprise anybody who has been following along with you or who knows you in any capacity. Like, yeah, she loves open, opening her home to other people, which is rare. Like mm-hmm. most people don't really enjoy doing that. Like, I know, I know. Like, oh, you're a stranger. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Self-tour. Go on. Like sleep, sleep in my yeah. home. So, I mean, I just think that's, that's amazing. And it's a really great um, example. I think it's a great example of like finding something that is so uniquely you and making something mm-hmm. that's like a very common idea more tailored to like something that only you can yes. offer. Amazing. Yes, exactly. Um, I literally, so like the last thing I was going to ask you is obviously like my signature question on this podcast, which is what's your unpopular opinion on this topic or on, you know, being an innovator, mm-hmm. innovative in the creative industry. I'm be real. Like, I feel like you have already like laid out all of your, uh, all of your opinions, <laughs> like popular, unpopular, which is why I love you. So, um, but if you oh, have like you. one really strong or sassy one, like throw it out there. Hmm. That's that is such a good question. And so brave of you. You're like, just say it, whatever it is, just say it. Um, I think, I think another unpopular opinion is, you know, I want to, I want to say, oh, everyone can do everything, but I don't believe that's true. 
And I, I don't think that everyone can be an educator. Honestly, I don't. And I, I, um, and it's not because I'm trying to like protect my space or it's not, if you know me, it's not about that. I, I think that there's so much that goes into serving people in this way. And you genuinely have to have a heart for it. We have friends in the industry who are very, very well known and have created this, like the most amazing product that thousands of photographers use. And they knew that they had to pivot. Um, and one, one trajectory was starting to educate. And another trajectory was, you know, launching a whole nother business, separate, whatever. And I remember talking to them and trying to tell them, okay, here's how you do your first course here. And I remember them texting and being like, you know what? We are not passionate about it. We're, we're just not. We know the money's there. We know that excitement is there. But when it comes time to think about writing course content and teaching, I have no desire to help people learn this. And I applauded them for being so self-aware that they could walk away from a business opportunity because they knew it just, their heart was not in the right place. So I think some people would say, well, everyone can do everything. And I, you know what, that is a very, it sounds great, right? Everyone can do everything, power to the people, but I don't believe it's true for everything. I think that people are specifically called to doing what we're doing. And, um, and that's not a dig at anybody. It's just the truth. And, and if you're someone, I know so many people who have tried to make education work and it's just not the right fit. And that says nothing negative about them. It just means they're still on a journey to figuring out what their next step is. I totally agree. I mean, I think it's really, like I mentioned before, working with so many educators and up and coming educators and people who want to pursue it, I always say like, number one is self-awareness. And sometimes it takes mm -hmm. having to like try something and see like, this just really isn't yes. for me in order to gain that. Yes. But I, I, I think I do. I agree. I applaud it when people can say like, nope, this actually isn't for me. Like mm -hmm. walking away. Right. Yes. Yes. And then the exact opposite when someone takes a risk and they're like, I hosted a workshop for eight people and it was the most fun I've ever had. And it wasn't stressful and it was so joyful to me. And I'm like, great. You need to keep doing that and keep coming up with ideas and cr keep creating your own content. That's a whole other side. Some people don't even know how to create content, but then for some people it is so natural, you know? So uh, it's just, you have to fight to figure out what your thing is. And it's so worth it to do the fight. It really is. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much for that example. I mean, even I, I co-hosted a workshop maybe five years ago and the, I co-hosted with an amazingly talented photographer and she, at the end mm -hmm. of the workshop was like, mm, that did not feel like I love the people. It was fun. I want to crawl right. into a hole. Like that was not life-giving. And I was like, right. party, like that was yeah. amazing. let's do it for four more days in a row. Like, you know, so yes, yes. It is hard though. I mean, it's a hard reality when again, you're basing your choices on what other people are doing. It's so hard to not feel like mm -hmm. a failure, but it's so important to know that it is not failing to find something that you're good at and that you're passionate about and that you actually are meant to be doing. Yes. And, and kudos to you for trying something instead of sitting on your butt and saying, well, I wish I could do it. It's like, no, do, try it. Give it a shot. Like, don't just sit there. Like, please don't just sit there. Yes. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for all your time. You're incredible. This was just such a great conversation. Oh, thank you. It, it was an honor to be a part of it. I'm so excited. Yay. And um, if you guys are looking, obviously everybody knows where to find Caitlin James, but you can find um, Caitlin at CaitlinJames.com. And then also um, in the show notes, we'll have like a few links. She's graciously offering a free 
KJ All Access episode. Is that right? Yes, yes. We'll throw the link to that in our show notes. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.